Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. You sent through text like, let's do a, let's do a dinner on Friday night. And I was like, oh, I don't know. We'll see about that. I'm going to make a game time decision. Sounds like a double order of chicken fingers and french fries coming to Chris Sims' room tomorrow <laughs> It night. does. That sounds good to me. And also crack the window a little bit and put a wet towel at the bottom of the door. <laughs> no, that's not happening. Whoa, baby. Shots fired. Shots fired. Well, just so everybody knows out there, one, Mike decided he didn't want to do dinner that night either. We were both tired, and we ended up going to bed, just so we know that. Just so you know, oddly enough, I did order two orders of French fries and chicken fingers. 100% downed most of it, except for a few leftover fries. Man, and it killed me. It killed me to be in California and not have a wet towel and open up the window. I really wanted to. I kept thinking we were going to pass a dispensary and I was going to make everybody pull over while I went inside and got some of the good stuff. But, you know, I just never got a chance to to do it. So um, next time you come up to my house, I'll hotbox you then and we're going to have some fun, okay? What do you mean next time? Next time implies that there's ever been a time that I've been there. And I'd like to rewind to june july august i'm sure we have the receipts here oh we're gonna get together this year on some saturday nights i'm gonna have you come over to the house we'll hang out we'll have fun i didn't get a single invitation the entire (laughs) season not one invitation so there is no next time there was no first time there can't be a next if there wasn't a first Okay, so the first time you come over, that's what'll happen. You're right. You know, I intended to have you over on a Saturday night, but you know, NBC works me so damn hard. I just, when I got a Saturday night off and I hadn't seen my family, I just said, screw Florio. I want to sit on the couch by myself. So you can understand that. You get it, but we'll figure it out. We got it because I do like you and I do want to hang out with you and I definitely want to hotbox you. That would be amazing. Um, I'll tell you what, one thing I'd really like to do right. at one point next year, I want to get back to that restaurant. Remember we had that little get-together right before Christmas, the restaurant in Greenwich that yes. had the Blackstone. 16-inch New York strip with yep. the bone in. I, I want to go back and get that. With They bring it out, the nice presentation. They put the plate up. They put a little plate under it so it's tilted, and it's all pre-cut. That thing was awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, and you're I still owe you a steak, so that'll come at some point for the first time, last time, whatever it is. But we're going to hang out. We I went double that. or nothing, and I can't remember what it was on. I we can't went remember either. I know. I can't remember either. That's your fault. You probably won, and you just can't remember. You're old, and you yeah. forgot. Okay, Thanks. so you know. You know what's coming, baby. It's the Picks Podcast. PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, joint collaboration. It's, it's conference championship game picks. I'm so pumped for this Sunday. Certainly, it's about over, everybody. Mike wins against the spread. That's done. Uh, Mike won best bets. That's over. I, I really, I think this is my worst year of picking games in any capacity that I've ever had. I, I'm really. Oh, wait, I got a story to tell. Oh, I got a great, story to tell. Great. Let me hear your story. Story to tell. Inspired by the photo, the evil Roger Goodell photo. Oh, tell Who him. do we see in Santa Clara? <laughs> Who do we see? Good we see Roger. Roger Goodell. And and Chris is like, oh, hello, Mr. Goodell. Nice to see you. And it's like, what the hell, Mr. Goodell? Hey, Roger, how are you? So we start talking and Chris is like, hey, hey, we use a picture of me. 
like, like he's got time to hang out and hear Chris's story. We use a picture of me, and it kind of looks like you. And we say that I'm Roger Goodell's evil twin. And Goodell had a great response. He said, which one's the evil one? And that was good. That was funny. We laughed. And good. we made sure we said it's, 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 it's Chris who's the evil one. But uh, that was our moment with Roger Goodell. That was. He was informed that there is an evil Roger Goodell, his evil twin. It's you with that crazy photo we've used all year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Between Roger, the Sugar Hill gang, we had a good pregame warm-up. Young MC. Young MC, who apparently is an avid daily watcher of pro football talk and watches us every day. And, like, legitimately, I believed him. I mean, he he sounded him and his wife, right? They were all over it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I was shocked when they knew who we were once and he was calling my name and I was like, is Young MC talking to me? Like, did he just say Chris Sims? I had a double take. So that was cool. And Roger Goodell is a great guy. He really is. Uh, and I always enjoy seeing him in person. All right. So you I, won. I, your... I'd never really, I'd never really seen you in full suck up mode until that moment though. That was full suck up mode. You think that was it? Full suck up mode. All yes. right. I, uh, I really do uh, like Roger, the person, you know, despite we might argue about things that go on in the NFL, the person though, I think we both agree is a pretty good guy. And, and, Here's the problem. If you say anything positive about the guy, there's an army of people on Twitter that will say you are sucking up and you're a shill and you're on the payroll and all that stuff. I mean, the bottom line is he's got a tough job. And part of what he's paid for is to be the guy who takes the flack for the policies set by the owners who are essentially behind the curtain running the league. And he, he's got thick skin. He deals with it. He takes it. It would not be an easy thing to do to be constantly criticized for being the face and the voice of things that others want you to do. It's not necessarily something he wants to do, but he knows that his constituency, the 32 owners, want him to do these things, and that's part of what they pay him for, to be the guy who takes that heat on their behalf. No doubt. It's not an easy job. You're exactly right. I mean, hey, listen, we talk about how it's hard to work for Jerry Jones or just one owner. Imagine having to work for all 32 of them. I mean, get the fuck out of here with that. Booyah. <laughs> get it. That would be torture. <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's do it. AFC Championship Sunday. That's the first game we got. We got the red-hot Tennessee Titans. Can anybody stop Derrick Henry and the run game they're coming off two huge road upsets the Kansas City Chiefs got to be flying high being down 24 nothing then going on a 51 to 7 run I mean come on get out of town uh so I'm like truly pumped for this game you got like smash mouth football on one side and the air show on the other side Mike what do you want to do here so Chiefs are favored by seven and a half over under at 52.5 you want to lead this one off or you want me to lead this one off you know, we talked earlier about one of us going first yeah. for one game and the other one going first. For the, I, I don't care about that. You know your picks. I know my picks. I've been leading off all year. Okay. And here's what I did between the end of PFT Live and the start of our taping of the PFT PM Chris Sims Unbutton Joint Mega Picks podcast. I went back and I watched all of the 49ers Packers game from week 12. Whoa. The condensed NFL, the NFL game pass. Excellent. You can watch a whole game in yep. 30 to 45 minutes. And you really have, you know, you got to, for me, it's hard. I got to turn off the phone. I got to eliminate the distractions. And I watched it. I took notes. I thought about it. And I understand what happened in that game. And we'll talk about that game later. Yeah. I didn't have to watch all of the Titans Chiefs game. Okay. I believe based upon the first half of that game that the Chiefs are going to win this game and the Chiefs are going to cover the spread because Patrick Mahomes was not Patrick Mahomes in that game because he was just coming back from that dislocated knee. Right. He wasn't moving in that game like he moved against the Texans 
on Sunday. He's at home this week. They've got confidence. They erased that 24-0 deficit. I think they should have blown out the Titans the first time around. It's a little play here, a little play there. You don't appreciate it until you watch the full game and understand the moments that keep a game close, that cause a game to go one way or the other. But I just think the mere fact that Patrick Mahomes has his full physical abilities is enough of a difference. Because Derrick Henry still had 188 rushing yards back in Week 10, and the the Titans won by only three points. You give Mahomes his full capacity, this is a game the Chiefs win by 10 34 to 24. So much the cushion. It wasn't the whole game, but sometimes the cushion that was given to the Chiefs receivers was glaring. If you give them that cushion this time around, Patrick Mahomes is going to take it. And if you don't give him the cushion, guys are going to be running right by the Titans defensive backs. I, I think they're going to be ready for anything. They're going to be ready for everything. And Andy Reid and company are going to be ready to roll. And I think they're going to win this. As much as I like the story of the Titans yeah. with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill and Mike Vrabel, I just don't think they're good enough to hang with this Chiefs team. Yeah, I, I got a lot of the same sentiments you do. I, I think that's very real. I mean, I'm with you. You know, I mean, look at you, though, over there. Ron, you're Ron Jaworski, and you watch back the film. I wasn't watching the film, film. I'm watching I know, the game, the game. I know. The coach's, but, film is, the coach's film is a pain in the ass to watch. I don't know how you do that. Yeah, the, the, well, All I need is the game copy. I get you. No, there's a lot to be taken away from the game copy. I, I understand that, but I do get a kick out of that we had to push back the podcast 15 minutes of taping because you were watching that, so that was fun. But I'm with with you I got some of the same thoughts about that football game too I mean you're right the first matchup you know it's 10 nothing early on it could have very easily been 14 nothing there was a penalty that called back a touchdown on the Chiefs suspect there could have been 14 nothing it was 10 nothing the Chiefs had the ball at midfield a 10 nothing and Patrick Mahomes missed a slam dunk like you don't see him miss this throw touchdown down the middle of the field to Tyree Kill, and then two plays later missed a wide open Sammy Watkins where two Titans defenders. The, the play where he be backpedals, right. backpedals, 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 I mean, and was nobody around Watkins. Nobody around. And, and to me, like that's where I'm with you, where to go like – no, that was Patrick Mahomes after three weeks of not playing football. He's not going to miss those plays this time around. He's not. And then, and then the, the, yeah. the, you know, the arm or the helmet on the football, Damian Williams, the ball pops exactly. out. The guy picks it up in full stride, and he's gone, and it's 14-10 Tennessee. Exactly right. They missed yeah, the no, point. you're right. Yeah, 13-10, but you're exactly right. So within that, I think we're both seeing the th- same thing. We saw, yeah, a Titans team that was winning 13-10, but I think the majority of the plays you watch, you go, well, no, the Chiefs won that play. Oh, the Chiefs won that play. Oh, the Chiefs won that play. The Chiefs won. I mean, they can set, they really controlled the flow of the football game. Added to the fact, like we talk about Mahomes and his rustiness for that game, you know, hey, after last week and what we saw, I mean, certainly they're going to be flying high, feeling confident, hitting on all cylinders on the offensive side of the ball. But the biggest difference is their defense, too. I mean, their defense is just not the same. That was the start of the new Kansas City defense from there on out, really. That's where they changed. And they became certainly more stout on the uh, on the front seven as far as stopping the run. They became more sound and creative in the back end and pass coverage. This is one of the better pass defenses in football. And I give a lot, a lot of credit not only to the talent being better and Brett Veach getting more talent in the secondary, but Steve Spagnuolo. He knows how to specific game plan for certain teams. He doubles guys. He does certain zone coverages. They dabble in man. They do it all. They're well coached. So I look from that, and then I look at the team like the Titans. And again, this running game's on fire right now. But I look at like two teams that kind of slowed the running game down towards the end of the year. 
All right, the Saints game against Tennessee, where the Saints beat Tennessee in Tennessee. There's also the Houston Texans game the week before that, right, where Houston won, I believe, like 24-21. It was a very close football game. But they held Derrick Henry under 100 yards. And I think there are some similarities between those defenses, too, and what Kansas City does. Kansas City's got a nice blend of size uh, size and power along with pretty good athleticism. You got guys like Frank Clark and, and Suggs on the edge, but yet if they want to get real big, they can put a bunch of 300-pounders in there on the inside and still have those guys on the edge with a good blend of middle linebackers behind that too. With Wilson, 54, and Hitchens, 53, pretty athletic, pretty stout, can play the thumper game too. Uh, so I just look at that and go, this is a different Chiefs football team. And I worry about the Titans pass game. Hey, listen, we saw it last week, you know, hey, Lamar Jackson, I know he threw two interceptions, but you were watching the game. I watched the game. Those two interceptions, the receivers were open both times. He just threw bad throws. There was plenty of receivers open in that game last week against the Tennessee Titans. I really worry about their secondary. You know, and it's hard right now. I think with Kansas City kind of rolling on that side of the ball, you know, what do you do as a defense of your Tennessee? It's really hard to play zone defense against Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City because, yeah, you could play the right zone defense, but they pass protect so well that Mahomes will just buy time and he'll wait for Kelsey or Hill to find a hole in the zone and they'll expose it that way. Whether the play works or not, they make it work. And then man-to-man, yeah, that might be your best chance. But as we saw last week, they finally said, all right, hey, the hell with you guys. You're going to play man-to-man. We're going to start attacking. And they started attacking, and they got plays down the field and pass interference calls and everything like that. And I'm with you, Mike. I just don't see it. You know, as much as, uh, you know, I respect the Tennessee Titans, they can't play the same way they played the first time. Do you agree with that? Like, I agree with something you said yesterday. The Titans got to take the air out of the football, I think, in this matchup. They got to look to go Colts early in the year. Uh, who else are we missing? The, the Houston Texans early in the year, how they beat Kansas City. Run the ball, make it slow, keep Mahomes by the Gatorade bottles over in the sidelines. I think there's, that's their only chance to win. So I'm with you. I'm going Chiefs 31-20. I think they win by 11 points, but uh, I think it's kind of close and they just pull away late because there's just too much firepower. Yeah, and what happened in the first half of that of that prior meeting, Week Ten, the Chiefs had the long sustained drives where it was yes. work the ball, work the ball, work the ball. You know, the Titans had 13 points in the first half, and they only had 13 snaps. Right. So and, si- I, and I six think of that, those were by their defense. You know, right. And so it very, it very yeah, it very well may be that the Chiefs don't have a problem with you know being patient, even if the Titans are taking long. Uh, time between plays and chewing up the clock. I don't think the Chiefs are going to abandon what it is that works for them. We, we're going to weave in some questions that we got via Twitter, and uh, here's one that's relevant to what we're talking about yeah. from the account known as Ring Ding Dong. Thank Ring you for that. Ding Patrick dong. Mahomes. Pat, Patrick Mahomes' mobility looked limited the last time the Chiefs played the Titans. Do you think his mobility would be the difference in this game? And, you know, I addressed that earlier. Absolutely. If he can run better than he did last time. And based on what we saw against the Texans, he can move much better than he was moving 
that first game back from the dislocated knee and the ankle is now healed. I think that will be a huge difference. I think he'll be even better. He won't miss those wide open guys. And even with the limited mobility, Chris, there were two different stretches in that game by the middle of the third quarter where he completed nine passes in a row. Yeah, that's right. I mean, listen, at no point did Tennessee stop them in the first matchup. There are no point. 530 yards total offense, 28 first downs. I mean, 38 minutes of possession of the clock. They ran the ball and threw the ball effectively and still didn't capitalize on all that was there to be had. But I'm glad Ring Ding Dong brought this up because I think it's a very real thing. And I think this is something like the bright lights went on with Patrick Mahomes last week. And this is where I think it'll come into play. Yes, the mobility is going to be a factor. It is. Mahomes is amazing. He's got great feel in the pocket from when nothing's open, where to move, where to float to, and make the appropriate throw. And by that time, if nothing's there, so that's where his mobility comes into play. And I think a very real factor here once again, and we saw it last week with this, is when you do play man-to-man, and everybody's back's turned, and you're chasing Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins down the field and all that, I think Patrick Mahomes, the light went on last week. Like, wait, if they're going to do this and be so aggressive worrying about our pass game and our deep shots and playing man-to-man and all that, man, if if the Red Sea parts, just take off because there'll maybe be one guy there. If not, there'll be nobody there, and he can rip off some yards running the football, and I think that'll be a huge weapon for them in this football game, and I think that handicaps the Titans even more, having to see that last week. Now they go, okay, yeah, we might have won a double Travis Kelsey on third and five, but shit, we can't double him because if we double him, then we leave him open to run for a first down and now we have no one to spy. They're going to have to find some creative ways to keep him within the pocket uh, because, yes, he makes a number of plays that way. That's a good question by Ring Ding Dong. And I also think, and let's psychoanalyze Patrick Holmes for a moment, he's on the front end of his career. Yep. Last year, lost in overtime to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game and he had to stand on the sidelines and watch it happen in overtime. I think the combination of that desire to get it done with the ball in his hands and the confidence in his abilities, and I think one of the things Andy Reid, the head coach of the Chiefs, has to be telling him all week is just go out and play your game. Be the guy you always are, and it'll be fine. Yeah. And I think he's he's anxious for that chance to prove that he can do it. Just like he was anxious to prove they can come back from down 24 nothing. Right. He's anxious to prove that starting at 0-0 against the Titans, the Chiefs can just blow the doors off of them. And who knows? Maybe it'll be worse than a 10-point margin. I got 34-24. You got 31-20. Maybe it'll be closer to the 51-7 that it became after they gave the Texans 24 points to start the game. I really do, yeah. after thinking it through all week, and I... You know, I, I thought I, you know, we see what the Titans are doing, and it's hard to stop what the Titans are doing. And I don't want to get to Monday where I'm saying, damn it, I should have seen that the Titans are unstoppable. But these are the Chiefs. Yeah. And the Chiefs are a cut above what the Titans beat in New England. And I think it was a little fluky on Saturday night sure. in Baltimore. I think well, the Ravens Baltimore got a little screwed it up out. too. They got freaked out, I, right? I, Right. Yeah, they got freaked out. They were rusty, yeah. and and they 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 took that early punch. It was the Buster Douglas game. They took that early punch. It knocked him down, and they couldn't recover from it. I don't think the Chiefs are going to fall victim to that. They've got the playoff experience. They've got the desire. Everything is lining up in their favor. And uh, I I I'm you know it won't surprise me if the Titans win, but I think all the indications are the Chiefs are the better team. 
and Patrick Mahomes will lead them to victory. Yeah, and uh, it, it will surprise me if the Titans win. I, I, I just – I don't see – I mean, Mike, to, to what you were saying, yeah, I picked the Chiefs 31-20. I was very close to picking it 40-20. to I, I thought, you know, oh, man, you know, maybe I – you know, again, just because the Titans beat the Ravens doesn't mean that correlates to, correlates to oh, we're going to beat the Chiefs now. Well, guess what? The Chiefs have beat the Ravens twice in the last two years. You know, the Chiefs are a tough matchup for the way the Titans play. And they certainly can take advantage of the weakness of the Titans, unlike the Ravens could. And that is the pass defense of the Titans. That is an issue. You know, so I look at it there. And again, yeah, there's a weakness to the Chiefs that is their run defense, but that that weakness hasn't shown since week 10 when they first played. So uh, I just think the Chiefs have gotten a lot better in their weak area, and I don't know if I necessarily feel like the Titans have gotten a lot better in their weak area. I don't. And I think there's going to be some things that Andy Reid can steal from Sean Payton's game plan offensively because it's the same West Coast system. And I think there'll be even things he steals from Deshaun Watson and Fuller and everybody when Houston Texans went into Tennessee to win that football game. Plus, I think there's some correlation to the way the Chiefs play defense compared to those two defenses as well who slowed down Derrick Henry. So um, I guess the big thing is this. Do you think – what do you think, man? Do you think Derrick Henry – What's your like your yardage out pit? Where, where, where do you think it, like if you're picking thirty four twenty? What do you think ultimately Derrick Henry will end up with in the running game? I, I think he's going to be between a hundred and hundred and twenty five because I think at some point the Chiefs are going to pull away or begin to pull away, and the Titans are going to have to abandon the run. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm with you. I mean, and I know the the Tennessee Titans have an unbelievable record. Right? What are they now? Thirteen and zero over the last three years. When Derrick Henry rushes for over a hundred yards, I mean that's an impressive stat. I get that. That really is. Now, you know, yeah, he ran for a hundred yards their first matchup, and they had to have four Shime Rocks up their ass to win that one. So it doesn't always mean just you're definitely going to win the football game that way. And I, I think this is one of those games where, yeah, I think Derrick Henry will run for a hundred yards in a losing effort. I do. I think this will break the record. I just because even too what you're saying, like if Kansas city's up, you know, big or somewhat like, you know, 14, 20 points, something like that. I think Tennessee will still run the ball from time to time. I could see also see him like ripping off some cheap run for like 40 yards while the chiefs are playing some prevent defense and worried about the passing game while they're up. Uh, so uh, I do think this is a week that's uh, yeah. could be a hundred yards and a loss for the Titans, but either way, we both like the chiefs and I'm not shocked by that. Or if the Chiefs do the, 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 the defense that forces things to a head, if the Titans are taking up too much time on the clock and, and they take risks and maybe he pops one through yeah. as they put a bunch of guys at the line of sure, scrimmage, right. then that's a possibility also. The weather is uh, not going to be a factor. Dry, clear, and cold. High teens at kickoff, but the wind, eh, it looks like it's going to be in the neighborhood of 10 miles an hour. I, I, nothing that should, should nah. affect the game, but it, but it is going to be cold. Yeah, it is going to be cold and it, it hurts a little bit more when you hit in the cold 
but that's going to affect both teams. But, uh, you know, trying to chop down Derrick Henry, you, you may have some guys that aren't willing to dive in uh, and go at it. Uh, so, maybe I don't know, maybe the cold favors the Titans just a little bit. But as long as the wind isn't an issue, uh, it doesn't matter if it's a little bit no, cold. These guys right. go out there, they'll warm up, and they'll be fine. Yeah, and the Chiefs All are right. used to it. They live there. They're, they're not going to be like, oh, gosh, we're not used to hitting in this weather. They'll be, they'll be ready to go. And I'll say this too, Mike, just last thing. I know we're going. The, the Chiefs are – you know, yeah, we think about them as a throwing passing game or throwing team and all that, but their defense, they they throw their bodies around. They are physical, so they ain't afraid to hit. I don't think you'll see too many people shine away from Derrick Henry in this one. You ready? All right, on to the big one. On to the big one. I don't think I'm ready. I don't know. Oh, I may change my mind a couple of times while we talk about it. Yep, it's Green Bay at San Francisco. Green Bay hasn't lost since the 49ers game in week 12. 49ers are favored by seven and a half over under at 45. Uh, it's all Aaron Rodgers versus my buddy, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I, I am. Uh, this is a tough one. I'm torn too. There's a lot of things playing a factor here. You know, yes, the 49ers dominated the first matchup. There's a lot of coaching uh, you know, similarities between LaFleur being, you know, on the staff in Green Bay and having worked with Shanahan. Of course, Mike Pettin worked with Shanahan in Cleveland and all that stuff. Go ahead, Mike. What do you think? How do you see how do you think this one unfolds? Well, you know, I, I had been wanting to go back and watch that game from start to finish, or at least start to the point where I think I understand what went on. And thirty seven to eight, deceptive. It was not a blowout. Yep. It was not. It was not uh, a, a, a bullying of the Packers by the 49ers. A couple of moments early on that helped lay the foundation for the hole that the Packers found themselves in. First drive of the game. Packers are moving. Devontae Adams gets a first down. Yeah, and he gets into it with a 49ers defensive Horrible back. Gets call. called for unnecessary roughness. Yeah, 15 yard penalty. That took the steam out of that drive. They still had the first down, yep. but instead of the 40, they're at the 25. Right. And it was on that drive, third and 10. The walls close in on Aaron Rodgers. The ball comes out. The 49ers get on the five. First play, Tevin Coleman scores a touchdown. It's 7-0 just like that. Right. And then, and then later, they started to play the field position game. There was a, a weird fumble by Jimmy Garoppolo, and the ball, like, squirts out into the backfield. Anything can happen when when something like that transpires. 49ers got lucky. Yeah. They recovered it. Then there was a third and five where th there was, a, I think, a sack by Adrian Amos. Oh, illegal use of hands, hands to the face on Kevin King, extends the drive that ultimately becomes a field goal for the 49ers and makes it 10-0 when the Packers were in position to get the ball back and maybe not have bad field position because they were losing that field position battle at the time. So, you know, you take away some of that stuff. And I think, I think the Packers had horrendous clock management at the end of the half when it was 20 to nothing. Yeah. They got the ball back with less than a minute and uh, Jamal Williams runs out of bounds with a screen pass. Aaron Rodgers misses Devontae Adams. There's a sack. 49ers take their time out. They get right down the field. It's 23 nothing. I mean, there's a huge psychological difference between 20 nothing and 23 nothing in my mind. And then second half. Packers go down and score. It's 23 to 8. And the 49ers, like, bang, bang, gone. It just makes me wonder what kind of adjustments Kyle Shanahan made at halftime yep. to exploit that defense because they found George Kittle over the top and it was 30 to 8 like that. And that's when the game was over. Right. At that point, it, it's, you're, you're done. It's over. It's midway or close to the end of the third quarter, 22 point lead. It's done at that point. And, and I think yeah, you take away a few of those moments. And also, also, you know, Aaron Rodgers wasn't as on no. as he was 
Sunday against the Seahawks. If he's that guy, yeah. if he's that guy on Sunday against the Seahawks, uh, that he was on Sunday against the Seahawks, this Sunday against the 49ers, there was a long throw to Devontae Adams that Akilah Witherspoon was in position to kind of keep from, from hitting because it was overthrown. Jimmy Graham had a play much right. like the, the, the one that he dropped in, but Jimmy Ward was there to break it up. Yeah, he dropped I mean, that one, yeah. Yeah, if, if Aaron Rodgers is the guy he was on Sunday, the 49ers need to worry about this one. Right. They need to work. Let me let me get your initial thought before I tell you my pick. Don't make your yeah. pick. Just give me your initial thought. Yeah. No. Well. Well. First off, you're right. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. I. You know. I don't expect him to fumble and be surprised by you know the pass rush this time around. I think Green Bay plays a great advantage. The fact that they've seen this front four once before, played in this stadium, all of those things. You know, all the points you made are right. There's no doubt. You know. Yeah. 49ers were playing better, but the score was or the game was closer than the score indicated you know I can Geronimo Allison dropped the ball over the middle on a third down one of the maybe the second drive of the game you know people go oh well so what that wasn't that big of a play no those those plays are big in games like that you know especially early when you're trying to survive like the you know momentum rush of a home team who just had a strip sack fumble and an easy touchdown and all those things so you're right the Packers um, did some things to shoot themselves in the foot to not play their best football game either now, either way, I think the 49ers were the better team in that game altogether. I think that the Packers have the advantage of this, uh, as we've talked about all week, because fear is going to drive them all week. Fear is going to wake them up in the morning. Oh, gosh, we got killed by this team. Oh, gosh, I hope we can show up one more time here. You know, oh, gosh, we play like we did last time. We're going home. The season's over. So uh, the, the human psychosis part of it definitely is in the favor of the Green Bay Packers. Now, the Green Bay Packers have gotten – they're a much better team than where they were at that point as well. You know, that, that's one thing for sure. Their run defense and defense in general got a whole lot better after that game. Now, saying that, they also haven't played a whole lot of great offenses to go with it. They certainly hadn't played an offense during this winning streak that is as balanced as the San Francisco 49ers or as creative. Um, so that's something I do worry about, you know, and if the Packers run defense has been better, you know, and, and we talked about this Shanahan is the master of exploiting coverages, exploiting tendencies and exploiting the middle of the field in the pass game. Mike Pettin, he's got to have curveballs. Oh, if I play this coverage versus this personnel set and formation, you better do something different this week. Because Kyle Shanahan's going to break the matrix if you play the same defenses versus the same formations and things like that. When he does, when you do that, you're done. So Petten's got to learn from his mistakes, throw curveballs, and I think really flood the middle of the field. Like flood it. Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers don't want to throw the ball outside the, four, the numbers. They don't do it. They don't want to. They're the best in football at throwing the ball down the middle of the field. Take that away. Make them show you they can beat you in some other way within the passing game. They're obviously going to be revved up in the running game. they got to stop that first. But in those passing situations or down where they think they might, you know, throw a play action slant over the middle or something like that, they got to be really disciplined at the second level to not overreact and get back underneath those passing lanes. And Petten's going to have his work cut out for him there being creative with that. But I do think that's one angle. They can be a real pain in the butt for Shanahan and Garoppolo. And then there's the Garoppolo-Rogers duel, and I don't think anybody would say Garoppolo is even close to the stratosphere that Aaron Rodgers no. occupies. 
And as we said multiple times during today's PFT Live, the idea that Aaron Rodgers is keenly aware that this may be it for him. Sure. That these opportunities don't come very often. And he was so dialed in last week. And I know that things can change dramatically from one week to the next. Just ask the Vikings how they played in New Orleans versus how they played in San Francisco. But I feel like Aaron Rodgers has that that will, that desire, and you put it with the abilities. Here's one thing I think the Packers need to do too, Chris. They need to get Aaron Rodgers out of the pocket quicker. Yeah. Because the times he had trouble was when he tried to linger in the pocket too long. He needs to escape faster like a Russell Wilson does. Right. Because he's got the ability to run away from Nick Bosa and D Ford. We saw him do it. Remember that one that movie put on Nick Bosa in that game where Bosa kind of got faked out of his jockey shorts? I mean, Aaron Rodgers can run away from those guys. They need to get him, they need to have him play more like Patrick Mahomes. Get him on the run. Get him on the move. He can throw accurately yeah. on the move. But that's a way to neutralize that pass rush is get him moving around so it's not just guy takes five steps back and they just close in and maybe he gets rid of the ball, maybe he doesn't. That's where the fumble happened. That's yep. where a lot of the sacks happened. No doubt. Get him out of the pocket. Get him moving. That's going to neutralize the front seven. Very real point, Mike. No doubt about that. And we saw, and we did a little tape right earlier this morning on PFT. The Packers had a lot of issues with passing off stunts, right? The defensive tackle and the defensive end cross. And they were really having their issues kind of sorting it all out. Hey, again, they're going to know what to expect. They're going to understand the monster in which they're dealing with, not only the crowd noise, but the speed and explosiveness that this front seven has. It really will help you to the fact that, oh, I've seen them once, so this will not be as jarring for the first time. And anyway, I, I got a tweet that's a really interesting, good question from International Touch, okay? Do you think the Green Bay offense will go no huddle early with quick passes versus the 49ers, similar to Brady playing the 10 Steelers to stymie the pass rush? Man, international touch, you got the touch. Because I, <laughs> I, I, I have thought about that. You know, one, your point's real. Move the pocket. Two, yes, they better have screens. Rodgers is the best quarterback I've ever seen as well with throwing those quick wide receiver screens, right? Mike, you've seen it a million times. He gets the shotgun snap and deals it out there real quick to Devontae Adams. Nobody can get it in, their, in and out of their hand faster than Aaron Rodgers in the history of the NFL. So those are things, too, that they should use. One, why? Yes, to what you're saying. Get it out of his hands. Make the pass rush slow down. Think a little, right? They're going to start up field and then go, whoa, I got to redirect over here to stop Devontae Adams. I have thought about this question with international touch, what he's talking about, because he's right. That's what the, the Patriots used to do to the Steelers. They would try to wear them out in the first quarter and a half to take away all that, you know, ferociousness and variety, you know, just the, the intensity a little bit to take that edge off of them because they're sick of rushing, 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 rushing. Whoa, the pace, it's wearing me out. The only thing is, is if you want to do that, you got to feel comfortable about your defense on the other side of the ball too and feel like, okay, I'm not going to put them in a position where they're going to get dominated. Like, you know, okay, we try to come out, hurry up offense, go three and out, and it doesn't work. And now our defense, you know, lets up a touchdown drive. Do you really want to come out and do no huddle again and risk going three and out and having your defense right back out there? So there's going to have to be 
uh, whether you got to have the belief in your attack on offense and the belief in your attack on defense that it can all work out as a team and be cohesive that way, I think is going to be you know the big thing. But I, I, it's something to watch for. I, I would not be shocked if Rodgers came out and said, you know what, like you said, move the pocket, screens, quick screens, quick passes out of my hands. Hey, get up at the get at the line of scrimmage, set HUD, set HUD, do it all again, and make them kind of lose their intensity. I I, I I've thought about. It and I think it's real. Would you do it is the question. Would you do it, Mike? Do you think it's risky? I would use it selectively. I would yeah. use it at the right time. You have to have a good feel for when to drop that hammer. Yeah, and you right. do it when they least expect it. So you get them tired. You get them gasping. Maybe you have a, a sustained drive. If it works out, you get the ball back. You start to get it moving again. They're starting to huff and puff a little bit. Boom, no huddle. Yeah, right. I mean, that's what you have to be. Yeah. That's where that... That ability when you're standing on the sideline in the middle of this crucible with thousands and thousands and thousands of people and all kinds of stuff going on, do you have that ability to slow the world down and say, now is the time. I'm going to make this calm, dispassionate decision. Now is the time to drop the hammer and get it into no huddle. But I think that's when I would use it. I wouldn't come out of the gates with it. I would wait until I feel like my offense is starting to get them worn down, starting to get them on the ropes. Boom, no huddle. And, and that's how I would use it. I wouldn't use it all game. I don't think they yeah. need to use it all game. No, you're they right. They just need to avoid some of the shit that screwed them up the last time early. If they can withstand the early blows from the 49ers, they can keep this close. And if it's close into the third quarter, midway through the third quarter, the 49ers are going to start to freak out because it's not 37-8 to eight this yeah, time around. Right. And then it comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo pissing down his leg. And between the two guys, Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo far more likely to self-urinate himself than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, oh, well, I hear that. You're right. I mean, gosh, I feel like if we're in a two- or three-point game at the end of the game, then, you know, I'd probably want to ride with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, even though Garoppolo has been very good in those moments. And, you know, I'm gonna, I want to read another another tweet by from Justin Sandhu, all right? He says, do you think the 49ers DBs can have success playing man against the Packers wide receivers? I think that's another element to look at here. You know, one, the 49ers don't want to play a ton of man-to-man. And, Mike, you've heard me say this, right? I think if you're going to attack the 49ers, they play single safety almost all game. I mean, 90% of the game, you can attack outside because whether it's man or three deep zone, they kind of play the same way in the 49ers scheme. And I do think you can work them, especially if it's Devontae Adams. And added to that, you know, opposite of the 49ers, who we say only throw the ball over the middle of the field and don't really throw the ball outside. Well, oh, that great one, Aaron Rodgers, he utilizes the whole field. Yes, Rodgers is one of the best in the sport at throwing the ball outside the numbers. So that would be a thing, too, where I'd go, you know, hey, you know, like you've said, we worry about that pass rush. If I'm the Packers, too, don't be afraid of, like, keeping a tight end or two in the block every now and then. You know, keep them in the block. You know, we talk about the quick passing game, the screens, all those things. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And then, okay, yeah, you've got a lot of quick passes, but every now and then you need some chunk plays. You need some 15, 20, 25-yard gains. That's where I'd like to see Green Bay, like, go, okay, we're keeping six or seven guys in to protect, and it's Devontae Adams versus Mosley or Devontae Adams versus Richard Sherman. 
And I like Rodgers and Adams' chances to just work whatever they want to work and deem necessary on the outside and just simplify it and say, hey, screw the other 10 guys. We know our guy's better than him. You beat him one-on-one, and our quarterback can throw strikes all day long, and we'll just do that. I think there has to be some element there. It does, and that's another way you can wear out that pat, you know, that pass rush a little bit, and Rodgers can drop back and feel good and be aggressive and not have to worry about, ooh, is Bosa coming, is D Ford coming, whatever it may be. Uh, I think that's a real thing. And conversely to that, Mike, just to play devil's advocate on my own thought, the 49ers don't do this. But they fucking should, okay? You hear me, Kyle? You fucking should. Is on third. You have other ways to communicate with him, don't you? Yeah, well, I'm going to stay out of his ear this week. He doesn't need to hear from me. But third and five plus, double Devontae Adams. Like, double him. Make Green Bay beat you with somebody other than Devontae Adams. I mean, last week, what did we see? Every big moment. Who did number 12 look for? Devontae Adams, he was looking for him in every big moment. Oh, it's 21-10. The Seahawks are coming back. Zoom, whoa, where's Devontae Adams? Zoom, whoa, touchdown, Devontae Adams. Oh, the game's on the line, the big third 10. Whoa, there's Devontae Adams down the sidelines. That's who he's looking for. Take him away. Uh, But I think that's something to look for in the game either way. Yeah, okay, here we are. Here we are. We're at the moment. Oh, I got one more thing to say, too. Yeah, go ahead. And we we talked earlier about which guy is most likely to be out coached this weekend. It was one of the what's more likely topics on PFT live. And we both said Matt LaFleur. There was one moment that drove me crazy. And I know it drives you crazy because you helped make me sensitive to this. There was a fourth and one play when the Packers were down only 10, nothing. Right. What do they do? What do they do? They line up in fucking shotgun formation and try to run it. What are you doing? Fourth and one, you're going to run out of shotgun? Get the fuck out of here, as you would say. Thank you. Get the fuck out of here. Get a fullback (laughs) in there. Come downhill. Don't handicap your own damn running back by having to run sideways to start off on a play where it's most important to get vertical and ahead of steam to get the one yard on the first down. You're exactly right. That was another big part of the game. You're right. I mean, hey, whether they just kick a field goal there or convert that, you're going to go, huh, we're in a game. But they screwed that up. And, of course, yeah, that led to issues with them altogether. So uh, it's very interesting. It really is. I think Rodgers is going to be on his A game and feeling his hot hand, especially with the way he threw the ball last week. And I know he made some comments like I saw in NFL films and things like that, like in pregame. And I saw his postgame press conference where he, he, he felt it early. Like, he knew he had the feel and, like, ooh, I got it going today. And he's going to have it this week, San Francisco. He's going to have it. It's big-time, primetime football. Aaron Rodgers ain't going anywhere. He's going to be ready. Uh, and I'm, I'm pumped for that. I really am. There's going to be a lot. This game goes to two or three points in the fourth quarter. Like you've said, the pressure is going to go to the 49ers. It's going to be on them. They're at home. They're the one seed. You know, it's Shanahan's first conference championship. Jimmy Garoppolo's never been in these moments. We're expecting them to win. They're sitting there thinking, wait, what happened? We blew them out last time. How has this changed? Uh, and and uh, that'll be a very real factor, too. All right, you ready? And think about it. Think, th- think about it. Think about it. The uh, yeah, uh, here's my pick. Yeah, uh, and and the the thing about Aaron Rodgers, as I said, keenly aware of his football mortality, coming home to Northern California to play the team that passed over him in 2005, his first year without Mike McCarthy, and an opportunity to show everyone that maybe he would have been in the Super Bowl a few more times over the past decade if there were different circumstances in Green Bay. But this is all lining up. 
for Aaron. And, and I, I understand 49ers fans are going to lose their shit over this. And, oh, you hate the 49ers. No, I'm trying to be right. And I believe, and no one's ever accused me of being in the Aaron Rodgers fan club, by the way. No. But I believe, based on what we saw from Aaron Rodgers this past weekend and what we saw in that game week 12, and I, I really do put more of what happened on Saturday on the Vikings than I do on the 49ers. I think it could have been a closer game. Jimmy Garoppolo coughed some balls up that maybe the Packers aren't going to be as charitable as the Vikings about, and they'll grab that ball and they'll do something with it. But if the Packers can avoid the kind of screw-ups that punctuated the first half of that game and allowed San Francisco to get that 23 to nothing lead, the Packers can keep it close. And if they keep it close because of that 37-8 to outcome in Week 12, it favors the Packers down the stretch. I see the Packers stealing this one, Chris Sims, 24-21, and setting up a rematch of the first Super Bowl ever in the NFL's 100th season with Andy Reid, who made his bones in Green Bay as a member of that coaching staff under Mike Holmgren. Andy Reid taking on the Packers in the Super Bowl in Miami. That's what I see. Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl 54. And uh, uh, I don't know how confident I am about it, but at some point you got to take your hand off the checker. Yeah, that's right. Well, that would mean that would be an awesome Super Bowl. We got cheated out of that matchup this year earlier without Rodgers and Mahomes both being on the same field. So, I mean, that's... That's a win-win. I'd be certainly excited to watch that one. I'd be tuned in. Um, I just can't do it. As much as I think there is a real possibility. Your tattoo is throbbing. It's throbbing. K-S. It's got to it's, 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 Yeah, you're right. K-S. You're exactly right. I just, I just can't do it just because I just think clearly the 49ers are the better, fo- better football team. Now, I think a lot, you know, the points you've raised and the things we've talked about, they're real. You know, I think if there is an upset to happen this weekend, this is the game I look at. I do, because I think Garoppolo, like we saw last week, is capable of, you know, shitting down his leg. I do, for lack of a better phrase. I mean, he could have, th- he should have. While thrown- in bed. While shitting in bed. Shitting the bed and shitting down his leg. Right. Simultaneously. Simultaneously. Well, I mean, last week, you know, the, the, he, he could have easily thrown four interceptions. He, he easily could have. I think he can get away with throwing one interception in this game and they can win. If it goes to more than that, they're going to lose the game. If it's like, oh, he's thrown two and somebody else fumbled or they messed something else up, they're going to lose that game. The Packers need something like that to happen, in my opinion, to win this one. I just think the 49ers are too well-rounded of a football team. Having been there last week, that fan base is rabid. That stadium is crazy. And I just think it'll be a little too much to overcome for Aaron Rodgers just to do it that way. So I'm going 49ers 24-17. to and they will go to the Super Bowl and play Patrick Mahomes down there in Miami. Let me just say this, though. Yeah. I will say this. If it's 14-7 uh, to 7 in the first half and Jimmy Garoppolo serves up an interception deep in his own end, Aaron Rodgers will not settle for a field goal, uh, right? I agree with that. Yeah, yes. I mean, that, I, that's what I keep coming back to. I know. Kirk Cousins versus Jimmy Garoppolo is basically that meme of the two Spider-Men pointing at each other. Right. Aaron Rodgers uh, versus Jimmy Garoppolo is uh, something else that I can't think of anything good to say. But it's a, it's a mismatch. Well, it's a mismatch. And I think that's going to be the difference. And that's going to freak out Jimmy Garoppolo the same way he was freaked out last week but got away with it. He's going to be freaked out again. And this time it's going to make the 49ers pay. Well, that's where, like, you know, I think, too, the other factor into that, and I think your your point's real there, is just like, 
how's the 49ers run game doing, right? Last week, I think Shanahan legitimately had concerns like, whoa, Jimmy's trying to lose us this football game. Well, the good thing is they were dominating the line of scrimmage in the run game, so they didn't have to worry about like kind of indoctrinating Jimmy back into the game plan or having to rely on him. So that'll be a huge thing. This Packers defense has been much, much better against the run down the stretch. It definitely has. Now, the thing I just don't know about, okay, is they haven't played a real great run offense down the stretch either to, for me to really dictate where they are at. You know, the Seahawks, yes, they were one of the better ones all season, but not down the stretch with some of the injuries on the O-line and the running back position. So that didn't correlate either. Uh, but I do have some faith that they're going to be better than they were the first time around and that Matt LaFleur and company will have a better plan of attack. It would be shocked if the result was like the first time around where the 49ers blew them out. I'm going to read uh, one more tweet here because I think this is an interesting one. Gum Gum Jr. You want gum gum? You're dum dum. You know what movie that is? No. Um, uh, it's the movie where the dinosaurs come alive and night at the... Museum. Night at the museum. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, but here we go. Gum Gum Jr. says, how does Aaron Rodgers make such ridiculous throws when utilizing bad mechanics? When he misses and he misses bad mechanic with bad mechanics, everyone kills him. When he hits with bad mechanics, everyone says it's amazing. How do you walk this line? Well, first off, listen, I, you don't hear me say that, all right? Uh, his mechanics, even when they're bad, there's a lot of things that he does the right way. And, you know, Rodgers, like Mahomes, they kind of want to throw the ball off balance or under because they have such great feel and touch. They kind of just want to let me just figure it out in my hand and I'll figure out how to throw the ball either way. But I mean, come on. Rodgers is one of the is the greatest thrower I've ever seen. I mean, maybe Mahomes will change that as my as his career goes. Uh, But I think some of those throws that we go, oh, that's crazy. They're going to come in handy this week like they did last week. Because some of the ones last week were insane with some of the positions he was in and things like that with people around his feet. And he's going to have some people around his feet this week in San Francisco, and he's going to have to make some magic. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And he is a lot like Mahomes in that he can make what they call the funny body throw where you your feet aren't planted. Right. You don't have the right mechanics. Your body's moving. Your arm's at weird angles. You're flipping. You know, a lot of that, yeah, the, the sidearm stuff, watch Aaron Rodgers closely. He's the original Patrick Mahomes. That's right. It, it, just, it just got a lot sexier with Mahomes because of the no-look throw and the left-handed throw. But That's Rodgers right. does a lot of the same things. Yep. And I, I say move that platform. Move that platform to get away from those beasts that are going to be chasing him around. And that's a way to tire those guys out. Too. I mean, think about the contrast for the front four of the San Francisco 49ers. Last week, you got, you got a, a statue standing there in Kirk Cousins. All you got to do is go up and give him a shove and he's on the ground. This week, you, you, you're Rocky uh, in Rocky Two, trying to chase the chicken around. Yeah, right, right. right. Before, before Rocky got in shape. Got to be as fast and as Green's Lightning, kid. It's 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 gonna that speed it's gonna wear you out. Yeah. Um. So you're gonna eat lightning and you're gonna crap thunder, but it's gonna take them some time to get to the point where they can do that. And and so I I think that's that contrast from Cousins to Rogers plays into Green Bay's advantage. All right, we've got some props. Let's yeah. go back to the first game. Let's, let's do it. Patrick Mahomes over under passing yards three zero two point five. I'm going over. I am over. Yeah. Over. I I, I just you know with the Titans secondary. The state of Mahomes and where their pass offense, I mean, they're hitting on all cylinders. I mean, Sammy Watkins is healthy. 
I mean, again, even last week, maybe that game doesn't even start out the way it starts out if the receivers didn't drop balls and things like that, right? And there's a block punt. I mean, so uh, at no point last week did I really think the Texans stopped the Chiefs, and I don't think that the uh, Titans will stop the Chiefs either. Yeah, all right, next one. More receiving yards, Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill? I'm going to go Tyree Kill this week. I am. I think on some of the major downs, Mahomes is more like – more likely to look for Travis Kelsey. I think the Tennessee Titans are going to see that. And I think on some big downs, they're going to really go out of their way to take Kelsey out of Mahomes' thoughts and reads. Uh, I think this is a week where Tyreek Hill goes off. And we know he went off the first time around. And yeah, I just don't know how much – you can't double everybody on this offense. I, I, I'd be interested to see what they do. But I'm going to go Tyreek Hill. Kelsey's a little banged up from last week. Tyree Kill had not a great performance last year in the FC Championship game. The Patriots did a good job of bottling him up. He had that one long catch, uh, the three catches for 41 yards against the Texans. He's going to be extra motivated, and I think they're going to find ways to get the ball to him. I agree with you. I think he's going to have more yardage than Travis Kelsey. Derrick Henry, Titans running back over under 109.5 rushing yards. Ooh. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go under. I'm going to say he gets to 100, but it's going to be somewhere between 100 and 100. I think it's going to be like a 23 rushes for 105 yards type of day. That's that's what I'm looking at. You know, somewhere somewhere in that range. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I just think that Kansas City, one, is better up front and – I think they can live with 100 yards. I think it's where you got to worry about is if it gets to 150, 180, that's when they're in deep trouble. Uh, I expect them to break a run at some point, but I don't think they're just going to physically bludgeon this Kansas City front seven. And I really do think that the Titans are going to get forced away from the running game at some yeah, point, and right. that's going to limit his yardage. I'll go under with you on that one as well. All right, A.J. Brown, Titans receiver, great rookie from Mississippi, teammate of D.K. Metcalf, over under 61 and a half receiving yards. I'll go over with him. And I mean, he hasn't done anything for us to say that he would go over here in the playoffs, but I just think because of the, you know, I do expect Tennessee to be down. I think just like you're saying, you know, and I think there's going to be a lot of extra bright lights on the run game that it'll lead to AJ Brown getting some favorable moments and some favorable looks off a of play action to where I say he gets somewhere in the, you know, 75 to 85 range as far as receiving. Yeah, and, and, you know, in that first game, we saw the play action, uh, the long throw to Khalif Raymond. Right. Initially, it was ruled a touchdown, but it was brought back to about the 20. I mean, I, I don't know that I want to do that if I'm the Titans, though. I don't know that play action helps me. I don't want to strike quickly against the Chiefs. I don't want their offense back on the field. But, you know, the opportunities may be there, especially if Derrick Henry starts uh, to, to gash them up front and they start to cheat a little bit more toward it. Like, like you said, they should force the issue. And if they force the issue to try to take away Derrick Henry and move a bunch of guys to the line of scrimmage, that does open up the opportunity for Raymond or Brown or someone else to get over the top. So I'll go over on that one as well. Yep. Okay. All right. We see eye to eye there. All right. All right. You got uh, some for the Green Bay San Fran game? Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. More passing yards. This is a simple one. Jimmy Garoppolo or Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I, I, I got to go Aaron Rodgers. I do. Yep. I just I just have a hard time thinking that the Green Bay running game is going to be the reason they win this game. I mean, we talked about it. You know, there's always people at the line of scrimmage for the 49ers. They play that Seattle scheme. There's always seven or eight guys down by the ball. 
You know, they're very talented, fast. I think if Green Bay wins this game, it's going to be because of Rodgers' right arm and his ability to throw the ball one-on-one outside versus these corners. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers here. Uh, I agree with you on that. And I just think that Jimmy Garoppolo, win or lose, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have huge numbers. I think it's going to come from that running game and from that fear that Kyle Shanahan surely has that if he tries to put the thing on Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulders, it's not going to work out for the 49ers. Packers running back Aaron Jones over under 64 and a half rushing yards. Ooh. I'm going to go over here, but like barely. I'm not picking like, I don't think this is going to be a 100-yard day by Aaron Jones or anything like that, but... I, I could see him dancing around 75 to 80 yards. You know, at some point, the 49ers getting so concerned with Rodgers and everybody throwing the ball that Aaron Jones maybe gets a run where he rips off 20, 30 yards. I don't, you know, I, they'll, they'll stay with the run game just for attempts purposes, I think. But ultimately, I think they're going to have a hard time running the ball. Uh, and it's going to be won by that passing game. But I think that he gets over 64.5, but not by a whole lot. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I think he's a key to this. I think having him just, just sometimes you just have to run the ball just as a change of pace. You can't be in shotgun formation. You can't be passing the ball every down, every down, every down. I think the defense gets into a groove that way where they, they get more comfortable defending you. You have to mix it up just for the purposes of keeping the defense a little bit off balance. So they think there's a chance it's going to be a running play when you uh, when you do decide to throw it. All right, more receptions. Devontae Adams of the Packers or George Kittle of the 49ers? I'm going to go Adams. When it comes to receptions, I'm definitely going to go to Adams. I mean, I, I think Green Bay is going to find a way to get the ball to Devontae Adams, without a doubt. I mean, he's their, you know, between the two Aarons and Devontae, that's who makes this offense go. The 49ers are not a defense, as we talked about, who doubles people and does things like that. So I think they'll continue to find ways to get them cheap receptions too, like we talked about. Screen game, quick throws out to the outside. Let's get the ball out of our hands. Let's make those D linemen redirect and go chase that way and do all of that. So I can see George Kittle having a good game, certainly, but I think Devontae Adams will be a focal point for Green Bay, and they get him lots of touches. All right, uh, one more. Are you going here. Adams there or are you going Kittle? What do you think? I'll go Adams. Yeah, I'm going Adams too. We're agreeing on all these damn we things, are. but you're yeah. right. I, th- I think Adams is going to be a key to the offense. He's a guy that they'll have a hard time stopping. And uh, if the Packers win, it's going to be in part because Devontae Adams had a big day like we saw him have with 160 yards, a postseason Packers record against the Seahawks. More receiving yards in the game. This is the two 49ers top receivers, Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel. Who has more? I'm going to go with Emmanuel this week. I mean, I think Debo has become more of the go-to guy. I think that the Green Bay's focus will be more on stopping him on certain downs and situations and goes into more of what I talk about so much. I mean, show me a Debo Samuel highlight where he's got the ball outside the numbers. I mean, every one of the, the highlights we've shown over the last 10 weeks are Debo Samuel across the middle play action across the middle on a short crosser across the middle on a deep crosser another play action guess wait for it up oh, across the middle so I, I I think Mike Pettin's too smart I think he's gonna have people in the middle of the field to take away some of that stuff I'm gonna go with Emmanuel Sanders uh, to have more yards than Debo Samuels in this one and Samuel had the 42-yard catch and run that made the score ultimately with the extra point 20 to nothing back in week 12 I think that the Packers would rather have Emmanuel Sanders chew them up with shorter catches than than to allow themselves to get caught 
in, in, you know, the kind of play that would give Jimmy Garoppolo the confidence that he's not going to piss and or shit down his leg. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that gets him locked in and makes him feel good about himself. You don't want to give up a garbage long touchdown to Debo Samuel. So I think they're going to look to take him away, which makes Sanders more likely to have more receiving yardage. So we agree on way too many of those. Yeah, we do. We work too much together. That's what happens. I mean, you're my work wife and this is what happens. Uh, but, 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 you know, we agree on the Packers covering the spread. Yeah. You, you took, you took San Fran to win by seven. So you, you've got the Packers covering by a half point with their seven and a half. But, uh, you know, and now that we disagree on only one game straight up, you need the 49ers to win. Yeah. And then you need us to disagree and you need to be right on the Super Bowl pick or I clinched the straight up yes, competition. Yes, you do. Right now, I'm just fighting for a tie. That's all it is. I'll take it. I'll take it. A tie is better than a loss. Wise man once said, if you ain't first, you're last. All right? So I'm, I'm listening to that wise man. I'll take a tie. I'll take a tie for first. All right. Best bets time. Oh, we got this. Oh, I got another tweet. Well, okay. All right. So this is lemons <laughs> and coconuts. Okay. Lemons and coconuts. Watching PFT right now, why do you guys talk about butts so much every day? Um, I don't talk about butts. Yeah, I do. That's right. It's peculiar for a guy that's got, you know, lemons and coconuts as his handle to be worried about butts so much. Okay? All right? But either way, um, I talk about it because find me a good player that doesn't have an impressive legs and a butt. That's why. Like, when you scout a football player and you just want to look at, like, okay, let's be basic primitive factors of what makes a guy good you look at his legs and ass and I can probably tell you well that's oh you want to know why he's really fast well you see that fucking leg and ass he has that's why oh you Nick Bosa can go zero to 60 in two steps have you looked at his legs and ass have you looked at Khalil Mack have you looked at Saquon Barkley have you looked at Christian McCaffrey I mean I could just go on down the road because that's the number one thing my dad taught me it a long long time ago I remember like the first person he ever talked about was like, you know, Lawrence Taylor, I think was the first guy. I mean, ever ever look at Lawrence's legs and how he's put together, Christopher? I mean, that's why he can get around the edge. That's why he's so strong. That's why he can bend like this with a three. And I was like, damn, yeah, he's right. Those are some fucking legs there and there. And you just start to look at all the great players throughout time. Barry Sanders, whoop, great legs and ass. Reggie White, great legs and ass. I mean, that's just the name of the game. So that's why we talk about it. Coconuts and lemons. Yeah, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say because I don't talk about it like you do. All right, on to best bets, Chris. Get us started. All right, we just got one best bet, right? We're just going one here. All right, one best bet, Mike. Here we go. Which one you gonna go with? You've been loving the over and unders you, you lately. You can go over under. You can take an over. I know. Under. I know. I can. I know. Do you want to go first, or you want me to lead this? I'll off? go first. Okay. I, I wanted to go with one of the over unders, but I have to have a feeling that it's going to go one way or the other. I have to have a strong feeling before I'll do it, and neither of them gives me that strong feeling. So I think the Chiefs are going to cover the seven and a half point spread. That's the easy one for me. The harder one is what's going to happen in San Francisco and Green Bay. Uh, so, uh, chiefs minus 7.5 to cover best bet. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm like torn in between that one and taking the under for the 49ers game. And, you know, I'm going to go with the under, I'm going to go with the under just to be different here. You've already beat me in best bets. I think I believe in that more 
where I'm going to go because I, I got 24-17. I really wouldn't be shocked if this is like a 20-17 to type football game or something like that either. I'm going to go with the under in the Packers 49ers game. I think we're going to see more of a defensive struggle in this one. Uh, I don't think it's going to be points galore. So uh, I'll go there. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Packers 49ers. I'm taking the under of 45 points. I think this will be a defensive low scoring football game. And I got 24-21, so it's right on the number. That's one of the reasons why I didn't mess with it. And with, you know, the Chiefs-Titans number is so high, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, if it's a blowout, you're, you're going to have a hard time getting to the 52. Yeah. Uh, unless, I mean, now the Chiefs scored 51 points alone last week. It's kind of weird to see 52 or thereabouts as the number 52.5 when the Chiefs are coming off of 51. But I didn't want to mess with it. I'm going to go Kansas City to cover and uh, uh, you've got Green if, Bay. If you had to make another 45. bet, what would you have done? What would have been your other? Over under Titans Chiefs. Yeah, I would have gone over. You would have gone over with that game? You yeah. would have stayed both yeah. there? Okay, yeah. yeah. I probably would have gone with your bet if I had to make another one where I just would have picked the Chiefs to cover. Uh, I certainly would, but we'll see. All right, well, at least I have a chance to tie in the straight up, in our uh, straight up picks. I'm done with best bets, and I've been obliterated with the against the spread. Sorry, everybody. I hope everybody listens to our information. Our information is good. Nobody covers football like Mike Florio and Chris Sims. I mean, we're obsessed with it. We live it. I mean, that's what we do. Uh, Mike's picks are good. You're right. Mine aren't good. Mine is an underwhelming year. I'm very disappointed in my. I'm the Cleveland. So, so, pay, so pay attention to Chris's information, but pay attention to my picks. Exactly right. That's the way to put it there. That way. But that's it for the PFTPM joint collaboration with Chris Sims on Button. Mike, you the man. Monday, I'm going to be doing my championship game recap podcast with Ahmed Farid. What do you got going on? You got you got PFTPM Monday. I'll do what I'll do Friday is uh, answer any and all questions people have, and then Tuesday we'll do the conference championship awards with MDS. Right. All right. And then uh, tomorrow on PFT, if anybody's listening to this on a Thursday night, Friday morning, it'll be me, Mike, and Big Cat. It'll be a threesome in the morning at 7 a.m., 7 to 9. Threesome, three way. Really? Here we go. Trust tree, circle of trust. Peace out. Fuck you, Floria. We're out of here. All I know is I'm in West Virginia and you guys are in Connecticut, so you can do whatever you want. (laughs) The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.